For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. And I, week two, the NFL season is almost all wrapped up. We're almost into week three. We've got Monday Night Football tonight. But if you want to place a bet on the gridiron action, BetOnline is the place to do it. Yeah, I'm betting that Aaron Rodgers is going to have a good night tonight. And the only place I'm going to go is BetOnline. And Ike, I know you're headed back from Pittsburgh right now. So we're taking the Believe in Steelers podcast on the road today. But if you want to place a bet on the uh, on the action, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just for signing up. Don't forget to use promo code NFL100. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by our friends over at Balance 7. And Ike is a former professional athlete. You know all about the importance of replenishing and refueling after workouts. Balance 7 lets athletes all over the world do just that. Yeah, I wasn't able to get a workout in, but I'm still going to use my PA7 to get my protein and refuel my body. So make sure y'all get that PA7 in yours. And right now, if you go to balancethenumber7.com and use the promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, you'll get $10 off their 32-ounce bottle. The bottle lasts 11 days, which is a great amount of time to feel the effects of the pH balancing drink. Again, that's balancethenumber7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to another edition of the Believing Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Berg, and joined, as always, by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT recording this the Monday after the Steelers' loss at home to the Las Vegas Raiders. And you're on the road headed back. You were at the game at Heinz Field this weekend, just like we thought, right? Uh, Ike, because the Steelers now at one and one, they win week one in Buffalo. They lose in week two as favorites over the Raiders. So we're pretty much in the same spot we thought we'd be in after week two. But how are you doing this afternoon, my man? Doing good, man. I'm heading back to the airport, back home from Pittsburgh, Orlando. Had a cigar event. Um, I'm going to leave for me. You know, they got two locations. One in Yeah, you can check that out on Instagram, the one-of-a-kind cigar line. And Ike, I know you do a great job of promoting that on your social media pages. So check that out on Ike's Instagram if you want to know more information about that. But the Steelers fall in week two to the Raiders, 26-17. A lot of question marks, a lot of takeaways I had from Sunday's game. And really moving forward, Ike, the big question I have is with TJ Watt's groin injury, Will he miss any time beyond week two? Because we're going to break down the week two action against the Raiders, but how that impacts the Steelers moving forward. 
team's best defensive player didn't play for much of the game on Sunday in week two. That hurt him. The reason why that hurt him, when you need a guy that's going to come in in clutch moments, it's TJ White. When you need a guy who's either first or second, the defense league, league MVP for the past, you know, two or three years, that's TJ White. When you need a guy to make a play and keep calls and fumbles and forced fumbles and just coming in when you need him, that's TJ White. So the fact that TJ, out of a growing injury, wasn't in in that game, I think it hurt the Pittsburgh Steelers. And there were several other Steelers players who were injured. Joe Hayden and Devin Bush did not play. Tyson Alu-Alu looks like he has a fractured ankle. He'll be out for the foreseeable future. And then we're going to get into a few decisions head coach Mike Tomlin made in this game, but it looks like Deontay Johnson had a knee injury of some sort. On the last play of the game, the Steelers down two scores, which was kind of a meaningless play. So we'll see how that shakes out. And we're going to have more when we talk later this week too. We're now moving to two podcasts and two shows per week. So We'll have more when we release our next episode on Friday of where the, the Steelers stand from an injury standpoint. It's tough. You get the injury bug just like the, the Baltimore Ravens, but you still, as a professional, got to find a way to win. And Pittsburgh didn't do that on Sunday. They came up short. Yeah, and so I want to go to head coach Mike Tomlin's decision-making. Again, Deontay Johnson on the last play of the game, trying to make magic happen, and he is – the Steelers' best player in the open field. He's really tough to catch and bring down, but down two scores that late in the game when you just don't have enough time on the clock, there was that. But then also I want to go to the decision to punt the ball on a fourth and one play. And you see kind of the dichotomy if you watched last night's Sunday night football game between the Ravens and the Chiefs, and they decide to go for it in a similar situation where it's a fourth and one. It's definitely a do or die, but... With the Steelers-Raiders game, Ike, fourth and one, 8.23 left on the clock. Now, the defense did get an ensuing stop, so I'll give the defense that. But down two scores that late in the game with only 8.23 to go, I would have liked to see the team go for it. And, Ike, you always say the sideline tells the story. If you watched Ben Roethlisberger's facial expression and what he told media members after the game, where he kind of just <laughs> he just kind of smiled about it when he asked, hey, did you want to go for it in that scenario? I'd like to see the Steelers go for it. You know, would they have won? We can't really say, Ike, but I would like to see the Steelers go for that just because I didn't think there was enough time left on the clock. Yeah, so if you ask any offensive player, they would they would go for it on fourth down all the time. They wouldn't even yeah. have yeah. But at the same time, it's certain moments, and it's a feel for it. And it's a reason why Ben didn't say too much of that situation because I'm sure, and you could just see Ben shaking his head if you watch the game, that he wanted to go for it on fourth down. So, me personally, I'm just kind of surprised that Ben kind of didn't, didn't shoot a putt team off and say we're going for it regardless. But you got to listen to your boss, man, who was the head coach with Coach Tebow as a player and how Ben walked off the field. It looked like he wanted to go for that. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it showed that on the replay. I'm not exactly sure where at Heinz Field you were watching the game, but I can tell you, both during watching the game and then I watched his post-game news conference, it, it was evident he wanted to go for it. Yeah, no question. Um, I think at a certain point in time, sometimes you just got to let the players instinctively have their own call to make that play, especially with an 18-year veteran like Big Ben. So me personally, I thought I thought the Pittsburgh still should have went for it at that particular moment. 
Could you hear it from the fans too at, at Heinz Field, Ike? Because you could hear it a little bit on the broadcast, but what did you hear at the actual stadium? Well, actually, I was at my cigar event, but I was watching. Okay. I was watching the game on TV, but I, I always check, and we talk about this all the time, Mark. I check the players' body language, and the body language from seven was, man, I wanted to go for it on fourth and down, or why are we not going for it on fourth and down, especially the momentum that the Las Vegas Raiders had on the offensive side. Yeah, yeah. And again, you compare that to what happened in the Sunday night game between the Raiders and the Chiefs, where, again, Mike Tomlin decides not to go for it. And then Harbaugh asks Lamar Jackson, hey, you want to go for it? And like you said, like an offensive player is always going to say, hey, let's ride, let's do this. But again, that late in the game, I thought it was a do or die situation. The Raiders, again, didn't score on the ensuing drive, but chewed more time off the clock. And it was at that point, the Steelers were battling time so much as they were battling uh, a two-score deficit at that point in the game. Yeah, that was a tough situation as a head coach. So I'm, I'm going to go from a coach time standpoint. Your defense has been playing well for the most part. Even though you're down a couple of guys, Devin Bushes, um, the, the Joe Haytons, and, and then TJ wind up getting hurt. But at the same time, man, them guys and them guys being the head coaches, they get paid to make them executive decisions. All right, Ike, we're going to move on to our next segment. And I know both you and I are really excited about this. So we're going to call this Taylor talk. It's almost like a chalk talk. And we're going to have a play breakdown of Henry Ruggs, 61 yard touchdown reception against that Steelers defense. Now I'm going to set it up for you. The Raiders at their own 39 yard line, 941 left in the fourth quarter on a third down and 10. The Raiders lead 16 to 14 at this point in the game. What did you see from this play? Again, a third and 10 scenario. Steelers looking to get off the field and get the offense back the football only down two points. But what did you see here on this play? So what I saw on this play, Mark, and what I want to show the viewers was, you know, the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders had a tight formation. And what I mean by tight formation is all 11 guys are inside the numbers. So we are inside the numbers usually you have a lot of crossing routes. If you're looking from how we're looking at it, on the right side, the left side of the defense, it's a triple formation. Meaning they got three receivers to one side and on the back side, they only have one receiver. So if I'm scouting a Minka Fitzpatrick, I know Minka's very aggressive. He's very instinctive. And he likes to make plays. He's been doing that his whole career, even from the standpoint of Alabama. So what I'm going to do, as the offensive coordinator, I'm going to use that to my advantage. So I thought on that play, and this is the detailed part of the NFL football. Coach DeBoe used to always talk about false steps. And as a secondary guy, your first step, if it's not a run, should never be up. Your first two steps should never be coming forward. So I thought the only reason why Minka got beat on this play, one, because he's very instinctive. And because he likes to make plays, two, he came two steps up forward. Now, when you're playing a deep field of safety, especially this formation, my first thing needs to be three steps back. So it was only a step or two. And if you can roll the play, run this play, it was only a step or two that Minka came up. Now, those first two false steps put him in a bad situation. You got a guy running the out. You got a guy who's running in the middle of Minka. And you got it. You got to know your personnel 
and you got rugs on the outside, and we all know rugs are running fast coming from out of Alabama. So they use that formation. They use Minka's strength, which is being aggressive and being distinctive against him on that play. Now, coming from a defensive coordinator or a DB coach, you got to tell your guys every time, don't ever take a step forward as a DB. As a DB, you always want to take at least two to three steps back. But Coastal Bowl used to say, man, it's always a game of inches. And those first couple of steps might have lost six to 12 inches off of making that play right there. He was two or three steps short on the guy like Ruggs the third. And that's what happened on that 61 yard touchdown. So, Ike, just for the viewers, so they understand this, what is Minka's responsibility in this defensive formation for the Steelers? What is he responsible from a pass coverage standpoint on this play? So, they're, they're running a cover three. And a cover three is four under, which is usually um, underneath umbrella with your linebackers, three deep. Now, the three deep guys on your right corner, love in your middle posting. So nothing in the middle should should get past Minka. And Minka was at fault on that play. Gotcha. And, and you can see you can see he his eyes kind of fooled him, Ike, that he's looking at the other route underneath. And we know how fast Ruggs is coming out of Alabama and one of the fastest 40 yard dashes at the NFL combine when he was coming into the league. And that's why the Raiders drafted him. And so you've got Ruggs from an offensive standpoint. Waller, the tight end, is outstanding for the Raiders. And when Jacobs gets back healthy, because he didn't play in this week two game, Ike, the Raiders have some some great skill position players. And you saw that on full display on Sunday. Yeah, if you and I'm gonna keep referring back to Coach Dick LeBoat, because obviously he's a great DC and a great guy. As a secondary guy, because Coach LeBoat played with Night Train Lane in Detroit. He always told us, man, your eyes can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Meaning, if your eyes in the right location where they need to be at all times, you're going to make plays. If your eyes become your enemy, you're not going to make plays or you'll be a step too late. And that's exactly what happened. But getting back to the Las Vegas Raiders, they obviously had it on their mind coming in the highest field and wanting to win this game. Yes, and Ike, before we move on, I do need to make mention that footage is courtesy of NFL Game Pass. So, Thank you to the people there for being able to provide that film for us. And Ike, this is something we're going to do on Taylor Talk each week where you're going to break down maybe one or two or three plays, key plays from each week's Steelers football game. And so that's a lot of fun to where, you know, you get some insight that you can't get anywhere else from an NFL DB. An NFL DB played for the Steelers for 12 seasons too. So I know you know exactly what the Steelers are going to run in that scenario, just given that you played for Coach Tomlin during your playing career. Yeah, 100%. When, y'all, when I heard y'all talking about this and uh, breaking down the play and I saw the play, I got very excited. This is something I like doing. That's breaking down plays. So just trying to educate the viewers and our followers on exactly what goes on in the NFL detail by detail. Thank you to NFL Game Pass for that. Ike, we got to take a quick break here on the Believe in Steelers podcast to tell our viewers and listeners about playactionpools.com. So if they want to make picks along with us Ike, throughout the NFL season, they'll be able to do that. And here's kind of how it works. You go to playactionpools.com. You look for Believe Football Pick'em. That's B-L-E-A-V Football Pick'em. Each week, there's 10 high-profile premier games between college and the NFL. And you can make your picks. We'll make our picks, Ike. 
And that way we can see who knows best, a really cool way for our viewers and listeners to interact with us. Since we're, since we're in uh, football season, and usually the teams who make it to the postseason, they got a lot of play-action passes and play-action uh, plays going on. So you might as well go to play-action pool and get your bet in. And Ike, you know this, the king of swag. You always have cool shades on. Whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Well, you you know, sitting down there in the sunny state of Florida, we always got to wear the shades, so you might as well go get you some. Again, playactionpools.com. Sign up for the contest. Believe, B-L-E-A-V, football. Pick them. Ike, back to the podcast. A few other things I wanted to get to. Chris Boswell, the epitome of consistency, making a 56-yard field goal, the longest in the history of Heinz Field. And we talked before the season, he's got a new placeholder in Presley Harvard in the third. He's got a new long snapper in Christian Kuntz. And he's just been the epitome of consistency for the last several years for the Steelers. And he kept them in the game, cutting the deficit 23 to 17 late in the fourth quarter. He at least gave the Steelers a shot, making a 56 yarder with the game on the line. Look, I, I know Justin Tucker across the divisions, probably the NFL's best, but Chris, Chris Boswell ain't far behind. And it was great to see him at least keep the Steelers in the game on Sunday. Yeah, that's money. I'm starting to look at Boswell. I like how you said we look at Tucker from the Baltimore Ravens. That's money. Um, but the fact, and I didn't know that stat as well, 56 yards is the longest field goal at Heinz Field. What I did know, it was hard for a field goal kicker, period, anybody, to come at Heinz Field and kick field goals. So shout out to Boz Money. I'm going to start calling him Boz Money. Shout out to Boz Money for not only making that 50, 56 yard, but, you know, create some new history at Heinz Field. Ike, just a few more things we need to get to before we preview the, the show later this week, Friday's episode, before the week three matchup, uh, the Steelers and the Bengals. Trey Turner getting kicked out, ejected from the game, and this came on Najee Harris's first career touchdown. Turner gets ejected. Apparently someone spit in his face. Mike Tomlin and John Gruden were both mad. It was honestly compelling TV to watch because apparently Trey Turner is a very even keel kind of guy. It was great to see... Harris get into the end zone in the corner, diving for the pylon. But man, I, this was just, to me, one of the most incredibly compelling parts of Sunday's game because both head coaches are on the sidelines, pissed off. Turner gets ejected. Harris scores a touchdown. It's like the NFL is back, baby. It was awesome to watch. Incredibly compelling TV, I thought. Yeah, Turner had to be very upset. But the fact that I saw Coach Tomlin upset. Usually we don't see Coach T get upset too often. But the fact that Coach Tomlin was vouching for Turner, um, believed and trusted, and saw what happened before, they say you always, the second man always get, gets caught. And that's what happened in Turner's situation. But I would be, I, I myself would definitely be upset. I'd probably be out of the league if somebody would have done that to me. But at the same time, man, I was just happy to see Coach T fighting for his player. So, um, like I said, I've never, I've never really seen Coach Tomlin get upset before. So for me, that was new. Get him getting that upset at the time of what happened, you know, uh, on the game. Uh, Spinning is, is is very disrespectful, uh, regardless on what level it is. You want to keep whatever you got in your mouth to yourself. So um, I can understand why why Turner was was upset, but it's retaliation. You got to think about that next time because they definitely needed him on the offensive side. 
Yeah, the Steelers need all the help they can get offensively. <laughs> At the end of the first half, the, the cameras caught Gruden on camera using his choice of words when the Raiders got held out of the end zone. I thought it was a key stop by the Steelers' defense holding the Raiders to a field goal before the end of the first half. And so the cameras caught Gruden there. And I, I, I've got to ask you this. Who wins in a boxing match between Mike Tomlin and Gruden? Because like I said, both had their emotions on their sleeve on Sunday in the second half during Harris's touchdown and subsequent ejection of Trey Turner. Who wins in a boxing match, though, Coach T or Gruden? Because both coaches were just on fire on Sunday. Coach T, hands down, will win a boxing match. I will feel sorry. And I love Coach Gruden, but I will feel real sorry for Coach Gruden in a boxing match. Now, when it comes down to uh, what Coach Gruden was saying, that pretty much everybody in the world heard, uh, I, <laughs> I call it an adult beverage. So only adults can hear that. So, uh, you know, Coach Gruden had his choice of words, and his choice of words were all adult words that young kids and people shouldn't say. But Coach is a grown man, so he's going to say what he what he feels, and he's going to get whatever he got on his chest off. But, uh, yeah, you know, even the commentary, they were saying a little bit something about that, too. They, they didn't know that. You know, Coach Gruden had a third, a third mic as well. But you know, Coach Gruden will say was on his mind as well. But all the words he was saying were adult beverages. You know, when it comes down to the words. But yeah, uh, and shout out, shout out also too for Najee getting in the in the paint that touchdown. You know, his first touchdown broke, came out flat, broke a tackle, wind up diving, getting the Pittsburgh Steelers back in the game. Yeah, like our guy Ian Eagle on the broadcast handled it masterfully with Gruden, you know, using his choice of words that he used. Someone, Ian Eagle, we've had here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. If you go and search for that episode, he was kind enough to join us about a year ago during the pandemic, too. So he handled it wonderfully on the broadcast. 100%. It, it's just, it's just, that's what it is, man. When you're on that field, man, it's, it's grown, it's grown man business on that field. Whether it's a choice of words or whether it's contact of football, you know, and that's free pay-per-view. You know what I'm saying? So, Coach Gruden, uh, it's the reason why they nicknamed Chucky, you know? <laughs> Ike, week three, the Steelers will host the Cincinnati Bengals' first division matchup of the 2021 season. We're not going to do a full breakdown on today's show again. That will be later this week, but I want to leave – our listeners and viewers with this. If you look at the rushing totals of the Steelers from the 2020 season, 250 yards through the first two games this season in 2021, only 114 rushing yards through two weeks of the season. Something I would like to see improved upon and just the overall offense, like big Ben said after the game just needs to be better moving forward because I think the defense is actually pretty, pretty stout, but if you get left on the field and I we talk about it all the time in terms of the importance of establishing the run. In the first two weeks of the season, the Steelers have lost time of possession. I certainly think that's part of it. Defense gets tired and can't keep the offense out of the end zone for forever. Something we're going to talk about when our episode comes out on Friday, previewing the Steelers and the Bengals. Yeah, something got to change, Mark. And what I mean by that is when the Pittsburgh Steelers came out in their first possession, they passed the ball twice. And me thinking, man, if, if you want to get back to dominating in the old school Pittsburgh still football and the reason why, you know, you get to the postseason, 
you got to establish the run. You know, you establish the run to get to the pass. But for some strange reason, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, they want to establish the pass instead of the run. Ike, we're going to have that full breakdown on Friday's episode, but glad you can join us here while you're on the road headed back to Florida. I know you're in Pittsburgh right now, but always fun chopping it up week in and week out with you. Want to give you a shout out. Oh, the folks over at the Believe Podcast Network, our team over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus, Courtney Vargas, our guy Herbert behind the scenes, and those folks over there. And then we've got all of our sponsors to thank as well, Bet Online, PlayActionPools.com, and Balance 7 as well. I, I think I nailed it there, Ike, but uh, I think in terms of all the shout-outs that we need to give. You nailed it. You hit it on the head, as you always do, Mark. But shout-out to Miss Courtney Huckoo from Brinks TV. Believe and still this podcast. Shout out to you as well, Mark. And make sure y'all rate and review. Make sure y'all treat us with the five star, just like how y'all like y'all food and hotels. Ike, I appreciate that. And I can tell the people in your vehicle right now are doing just that. They're signing <laughs> up to be able to watch the show, download the podcast. I know they're doing that. That and smoking cigars as well. So make sure y'all go to Howard G Cigars to get you one of a kind or your Black Moses Make sure if you're in the state of Pittsburgh or the city of of of, of Pitt, state of Pennsylvania, but in the city of Pittsburgh, make sure y'all check out Leaf and Bean, man. They got a location, you know, in Washington, PA, just as well as Cranberry. So right now I'm smoking before I get on this plane, this one-of-a-kind cigar. Ike, you're my guy. I appreciate you. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you later this week to preview Bengals and Steelers. Take care. And so long, everybody. Peace. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.